Hello and welcome to May Contain, the podcast Breaking the Sigma. And the podcast is a safe space where the guests open up about their personal stories and struggles along the way in hopes that their stories will inspire you. This week on the podcast, I'm going to be breaking the sigma of being celiac and the pressures of social media as I'm joined by Sophie Montague, a radio host for Made in Kent. Here's what's coming up on this week's episode. Viral. Very. Can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah. Because I saw that and I was like, what the hell? And it went, was it 1.5 million views on TikTok? Two million now. Two job. million now. Completely picking you apart, the way you looked, the way you sounded, everything. I'd never really had that before. In a Such bad way, a though, would you say? Because yeah. Because like, it wasn't... Oh, you've yeah. got legs like kebabs. What? what does it mean? Oh. But when you're young, that's really impressionable. And like being in front of a microphone, chatting, yeah. it's just the best. And I, I get have... paid to do it as well. Oh, crazy i mean to have a salary in this industry is bonkers because it's so so hard and i was presenting for curries beforehand um, and i was just a freelancer and i was the face of curries for two years i mean my face is still in every single curry shop in the uk which is mad is that- <laughs> yeah it's mad it's mad i'm going to curry so show like, two people recognize me but yeah, yeah I know. never been recognized unfortunately <laughs> Before we jump into the podcast, like I say in every episode, make sure to click that subscribe button. Honestly, I really appreciate everyone which tunes in every week. And if you do get a chance to leave me a review at the end of the episode, honestly, I really appreciate it. With all that out of the way, let's jump into the podcast with Sophie Montague. Sophie, pleasure to have you on the podcast today. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Good. It's amazing to have like a northern accent on the podcast as well. <laughs> so you're from Lancaster originally? Lancashire. Yeah. Yeah, Lancaster's in Lancashire. People always say that. They're like, you're up, from like, Lancaster yeah. and like I'm from below Lancaster. So I see like Lancaster is like towards the Lake District. I'm a little bit further down. I'm from a place called the Ribble Valley, which is like two. Is that a really small town? Yeah, it's like a little valley like this, two hills and loads of little villages. And I'm from one of the villages. So I'm literally like a country bumpkin <laughs> yeah when did you venture out then to kind of move towards like London I went to university first in York which was really cool and then from York and then decided I was going to go to drama school so I went to drama school in South Kensington which was very posh and I'm not posh I was so like I was, was you like, like the only no- I found that when I moved to London like I was literally like the only like northerner yeah here. and I was literally like when you hear northern accent now I'm like oh know that person like. everywhere I go I'm like where are you from yeah. Uh, recognize your accent. Where are you from? It's Do you see the difference as well? Because I find like when I go back to Manchester, everyone's like super friendly. I'm not saying like Southern is not friendly, but like the year, for me, the years are different. So when I go back to the north, I'm like, everyone's like, why are they chatting to me? Like, this is weird. Like, no, it's true. When I first moved to London, I went into a doctor's surgery and I was like, hi, are you all right? And she was like, why are you asking me if I'm okay? And I was like, oh, it's just, um, just a turn of phrase. It's just yeah. you're right. It just means hi. <laughs> they just I took it really like, personal. Why are you saying, oh, how are you? But yeah, I think in the north, yeah. it's so friendly. And when I ring anybody up north, I like, immediately I go back into that like kind of northern pattern. I feel more relaxed just in your company. I think oh. like, because I had another northerner on the other day. And I don't know what it is with the northern accent. I think it's just, I don't know, it reminds me of family, it reminds me of friends back at home. And it's yeah. like, I just like settle into it. Like. It is nice, isn't it? It's like friendly, it's warm. Yeah. And I think also you have that, like, my fiance calls it the Northern Network. Yeah. Like, I'm sure if we spoke down for a little bit longer about like who we know, we'd have a mutual connection. Yeah, it's like somewhere. that six degree of like separation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
we've jumped straight into it. But for the listeners, could you do like a little introduction to yourself and like where you're from and what you do? So I'm Sophie. I am a radio presenter and producer. I work in Made in Kent Radio at the moment, which is amazing. It's in Kent. Um, and I kind of like look after the presenters and I also uh, have a show on there Monday to Friday, one till five, which is really cool. I interview lots of local businesses and I also interview lots of artists. Um, I am originally from the North, which is really fun. I've got a little cat called Jeff, lovely fiance called Ben, just bought our first house. So yeah, I'm trying to think of like a fun fact about me that's kind of random that would get let people when into my personality. When someone asks me that, I feel like I'm on the spot and I'm like, yeah. I never know what to say. Like. I went viral. Um, oh yeah, I, with the um, the ferry. Can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah. Because I saw that and I was like, what the hell? And it went, was it 1.5 million views on TikTok? Two million now. Two job. million now. It's gone mental. So basically, I don't really know London that well. And I used to live in West London and I was driving and I thought I was going towards the Blackwall Tunnel. And I always queue up for the Blackwall Tunnel. I feel like everywhere in London when you're in the car, you queue. And I was queuing up and and I was like, oh, this is a bit strange. And I turned the corner and I was getting on a blinking ferry. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do? I don't have any cash on me. So how am I going to pay for it? <laughs> just kind of carried on. So it's and not just like thought, you can like reverse and just like go back out. No, because everyone's yeah. backed up behind me. It's like mad panic. Anyway, I get on this ferry and I don't know where I'm going. And I've only been in my job a week and I ring my boss and I'm like, I don't, I could be end up in France. Like, I don't know where I'm going. It was actually the Woolwich Ferry. So yeah. it was fine. But I just filmed it, sent it to my fiance, Ben and he was like put it on TikTok I don't really do TikTok but I need yeah. to do TikTok more and uh, oh my god it went viral it was in the Daily Mail I was interviewed by Japanese TV what the hell mad. they just their research so well though to be fair to them they were like oh the you. roundabout and I was like oh my god you guys know so much <laughs> I actually went on Google Maps and was like we actually know exactly where you went yeah so that's a fun fact about me but yeah. another fun fact is um, it took me five times to pass my driving test and on one of those times like it took me four actually. crashed a car you took you four yeah like twins because I had like the, the guy which I had was like the, the head of this kind of the driving <gasps> license place so he was like Stress. the big boss oh my god so like imagine him just like staring at you and he, he wasn't the most friendliest looking person <laughs> as well <laughs> and then literally like I think I knew I failed when I went I just didn't use the brakes and just went this car and just turned oh my God. <laughs> and I could see his foot like hovering over the brake pedal and I was like that's me done I'm finished like, that is hilarious yeah. yeah no I feel you where did you do your driving test back in Bolton yeah in Bolton so you yeah. actually from you say Manchester you're from Bolton yeah no I, I don't I, like not like I'm embarrassed from being from Bolton but I'm just so used to saying Manchester now <laughs> Bolton is yeah. not Manchester. I, don't I, know, know. I spent yeah. so many years at the Bolton Octagon. Like oh, really? every single school trip was the Bolton Octagon. What's the Bolton Octagon? I don't even know what that the is. The theatre in Bolton. I've never been to the, the Octagon. No, it's I've been the to the Lowry. In oh, yeah, the Lowry. Salford, but yeah. Yeah. Are yeah. oh, you from Bolton? Yeah. Yeah, I know Bolton very well. Yeah. You've got friends there as well? Um, I have one friend in Bolton. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Eh? Yeah. See, I knew we'd know someone because the Northern Network is strong. Yeah. Everyone knows everyone. Yeah. Nobody yeah. does it like the Northerners. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you about, like, I thought it'd be great to kind of delve into, like, your upbringing and kind of your story with family. So you've got two brothers. I've got two brothers. They're very similar or very different to you? Very different. They're very academic. Yeah. Uh, they're into their academia. One of them's a consultant. Another one has, like, a really, like, amazing, like, academic job. Um, and I, yeah I'm very different to them I'm, when we sit around the table and we're having tea not dinner <laughs> oh my god oh the my amount god. of times I that say dinner and I'm like no it's tea thing. and they don't get I think it's a northern thing because yeah. like when yeah 
Yeah, so Southerners say dinner and we say tea. We say tea. Yeah. 100% we say tea. And they tea. get really pissed off and yeah. I'm like, well, no, I'm having my tea. And they're like, no, dinner. You and can't like, drink yeah. tea. <laughs> um, it's tea. It's tea. It's lunch. Well, actually, they we don't get palm cakes as well. That's, oh, yeah. I know. Another thing. It's just a bread roll. Yeah. Like, get over it. Um, yeah, when we're all sat having tea, I talk the most. Like, I am so chatty because of what I do and they're all quite quiet um, but I really get on with them we're really close when we were younger growing up we obviously fought because siblings do but now like I do think they're so amazing and yeah. I'm so proud of them because they, they they've just done incredible things um, my brother has do an they OBA. like are they quite like like look after like when you was younger, if you brought like a, a guy back, would they be like, who no. is he? Oh, no. No, they're not like that really. Nor's my dad, to be honest. They're not really. And my fiance now isn't like that either. I've not really had like men that are like, well, like, oh, man, right, right, yeah, yeah right. which Pubs, I'm not really. Like, yeah. yeah, no. And, and, I, and I like that. But um, yeah, my mom and dad are amazing. They're retired. So they're just like living their best life. And they're mm. so supportive. Like I couldn't ask for better parents. Yeah. I'm dead lucky with my family. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that it's still together now because I find like, I find like friends yeah. now, like, a lot of friends, like people getting divorces and stuff. And it's very hard actually to find like friends where the, the, the mum and dad are still together. So, I mean, that's amazing. Though. Yeah, they've been married 38 years. Yeah. My mum texts me. She was like, oh, we should have a party in two years. Yeah. I'm like, yes, Yvonne, let's have a party. <laughs> I was going to ask with your kind of like, was you always quite confident? Obviously, you being a radio presenter now, have you always been like very confident and quite out there, would you say? I think I've always been quite gobby. Oh, really? um, and quite bossy and I think like when I was younger I don't know when I was growing up I didn't have many friends and I don't have any friends from like primary school because I don't think I was probably a very nice person to be around I, mean, I don't think so I do I was, from primary school yeah either, people so, yeah. do that like my brothers yeah. do and I'm like how did you do what? that like how how did you do that um but I didn't really. And I've got one friend from my high school um, because I think when I was younger, I was like bossy and gobby and I didn't really know how to channel it. Mm. And uh, Lord knows I've made a career out of it, which is brilliant. Did you struggle at school, would you say? Yeah, I think, sense, yeah. yeah I think probably when I, I was probably quite misunderstood. I don't think I'd have liked myself when I was at school. I think mm. I was just too, I mean, even now, I don't know if you do this, Dan, but maybe I do because I'm quite gobby. I even did a shoot the other day, literally yesterday, and I and I said something and then the whole <laughs> way home I was like, oh my God, why do you, why do you keep your things to yourself? Like, <laughs> why do you say these things? But I've managed to channel it into a career, which yeah. I'm very lucky. I'm such an overthinker as well. I, like, <laughs> after this podcast, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Like, yeah, like, why yeah. did I do that? Oh my God, yeah. I'm so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. So you've kind of channeled it. Did you channel it when you were younger though? You did like, did you do drama at school? Yeah, so I did like a lot of like performing arts and drama. I went to performing arts high school yeah. and went to like drama classes and stuff and clearly really wanted to be on stage and wanted to be centre of attention in that sense, but didn't really know how. So probably then just ended up being like, oh, bit of a gobby shit probably done. Oh, really? Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, like, was like acting, was like your first kind of thing where you felt like, I wanted to be an actress. Is that your first port of call, would you say? I signed up to a modelling agency when I was 16. That's quite young as well, yeah. Yeah, and my parents were really against it and I get that. Like, thinking now as, like, being a bit more grown up and thinking about having a family myself. Mm. Like, gosh, that's quite a scary thing for my parents. But yeah, I signed up to a modelling agency at 16. Obviously, massive scam. Paid you to have the photos. All the stuff that I would be yeah. like, absolutely don't go near them now. Uh, went on Waterloo Road. Um, oh my, me too. No, you didn't. I was the extra in the background. No way. I've done it for years in Rochdale. Oh my God. Yeah. I used to do it for years. I used to do Grange Hill, Hollyoaks and Waterloo Road. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, Like same. I've never done Grange Hill, but I've done Hollyoaks and Waterloo Road and kind of wanted to always go down that road and really 
kind of driving towards. I don't really know. I think I was searching for something that mm. I couldn't really find. And now that I'm older and I'm a presenter, I feel like I found my happy. What age was it when you kind of found what it is? Because like, I've got some friends now who are still trying to find what it is they enjoy. Even me as well. Like, I'm a designer, absolutely love it. But I'm still like, oh, would it be good at this thing? You know what I mean? Like, you've always got that inner voice, like, questioning, like, everything. Like, yeah. what age was you when you kind of found out, you kind of found out your purpose or your passion? Like? I think when I started presenting for Virgin, when I when I was, oh my gosh, what was I? Maybe like 22. Um, I always say I'm 25. I'm not. But I forever, I'm going to be 25. And when I can't <laughs> go over 25, I'm going to be 26. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, 22, which is only a couple of years ago. Um, I started being a presenter and I went to this audition for Virgin and I came away from it and I was like, oh my God, mom, I feel like Holly Willoughby. Like it was amazing. And I think I finally found that I can be Sophie and I can work really hard and channel it into something that that I love, makes me happy, but I can also work hard in a way that I enjoy. Do you remember day one? Was it quite nerve wracking? Like yeah. being on the radio? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So being on the radio. So I only really got into radio. So what's Virgin... Was that a radio presenter? That role? was like on camera stuff. So I was oh, presenting right. gambling. I was doing like the late night yeah. gambling stuff. Um, which was, you met some really interesting people um, online, should we say? Like the people that were in. Um, what, on set? But they, no, so yeah. it was like a chat. All oh, right, so people um, Some guy asked to take me fishing. Random. There you go. <laughs> I'm not really into fish, but I, mean, I like eating fish. But Trying to chat someone fishing. up. I know. Like, yeah, fishing? Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, no, that was really amazing. And then, yeah, for radio, I only got into radio last year, but I've never felt more Only at last home. year? Yeah, I've never felt more at home Because I saw somewhere. your clips and I was like, looks like you've been doing it like years. Like you seem yeah. so natural and like interview so many different people. I so, found yeah. my happy. Yeah. I've absolutely found like what makes me tick and and like being in front of a microphone, chatting, yeah. it's just the best. And I, I have- paid to do it as well. Oh, God, it's crazy. I mean, to have a salary in this industry is bonkers because it's so, so hard. And I was presenting for Curry's beforehand um, and I was just a freelancer and I was the face of Curry's for two years. I mean, my face is still in every single Curry shop in the UK, which is mad. Is that <laughs> yeah, it's mad. It's mad. I've going to Curry so shop, like, so people recognise me, but yeah. Yeah, I know. Never been recognised, unfortunately. Um, but, but yeah, so but with the radio, I've got such a supportive team and my boss, our CEO, he's genuinely incredible. He's so supportive. He gives you full creative license to do exactly what you want and he's let me kind of be me mm. and one of our I'd say he's like um what would you call him he's like he like a big producer like head producer he's also done the same and they just fill you with so much confidence yeah. I'm so lucky to work where I work and it's gonna help me so much like in my what does your day-to-day -day look like then my day-to-day -day, ooh, so get into the studio um sort through my emails which are normally coffee. sorting out artists <laughs> coffee in the morning yeah because if I have too much coffee I can't sleep I actually gave up coffee in lockdown as I've well. won a day now that's it yeah same yeah. I've won in the morning okay I've actually started having two no, I have to. I'm one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Yeah. Don't judge me. Um, so like sort through my emails, sort out artists. I've started interviewing artists. My biggest thing I ever did, which was amazing a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed Claire from Steps. Oh, wow. That's I was cool. like, oh my, I was so nervous. <laughs> I could hear myself in the interview, like going, <laughs> I was like <laughs> jumbling up like my words. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was just incredible interviewing her. Um, so yeah, sort through all that and then take my lunch, which is lovely. Go for a little walk. And then I do my show. So I've got a four hour live show where I interview local businesses and stuff. Is it in the afternoon? In the afternoon, yeah. one till five. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. It's a, it's a real dream. 
what was first day like being on live uh like so, i was gonna say live tv but like yeah, yeah, yeah. like live radio yeah. so i i have a four hour yeah four hour show and i was covering my boss's four hour show that it used to be his and um and it was like amazing is it like a script like which you no. follow no so it's just do you just, have to learn to dj as well oh because that's this year so I'm learning to DJ. So I hosted um, my first black tie event last Thursday, which was incredible. Yeah. And I was supposed to be DJing at it, but I was supposed to have like two months of notice. And then my boss was like, oh, probably not going to buy the decks. And yeah. I was like, cool. And then two days before the event, he sent me a message and he was like, DJ Sophie, lol. And he bought <laughs> these decks. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, are you mad? It's like typical him. He's, he's just brilliant. Last and minute, and yeah. he was like, yeah, but I didn't end up doing it because they're very complicated. But I, yeah, DJing is going to be like my next thing. I want to like, yeah. I like DJing either. How's it then on like radio? Like, is it quite straightforward then? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's more straightforward than people think. It's just like a system and you get all your songs and you just choose where you speak and you probably Do you talk. choose the songs? Are they already chosen? They're already chosen. We have an amazing yeah. music guy called Nigel. And so you can, you can just like slip in one of your favorites. I do slip <laughs> I would definitely do that. Like million dollar Whitney Houston, yeah, like, million dollar bill. Like, to be honest, if I'm talking yeah. about something and it becomes relevant, then I do pop a song in. Yeah. 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 But um, but most of the time it's all chosen for me. But my shows like noughties, nineties, and uh, like chart and fresh music. So the music's brilliant. You'd yeah, love it. Yeah. I'll send you the link. Yeah, do it. I mean, how was it like interviewing people? Like, I think we've kind of spoke off camera. Like having the northern accent makes people feel at ease. I think in some ways. But I mean, how was it getting people to like open up? Have you had like experiences where some people are quite closed off and it's quite hard to get like information out of them yeah I feel like I talk to people off air a lot and I kind of make them feel comfortable but I don't ask them anything about their jobs because then I feel like when you get on air you're asking double questions I don't know if you ever find that that you've already asked a question that you have to re-ask it on the podcast oh, right, and you're yeah. like this feels a little bit disingenuous so for me I try and like talk to them about what they have for their tea their tea yeah. what they have for their launch I've been on a walk that morning like what are you doing and it kind of warms people up um, but I've always found that like, people open up to me I don't know why I remember I was working in Selfridges in lockdown and this girl she I was working with her for like two weeks and she told me she was pregnant and she was like I haven't told anyone else Sophie I've just told you <laughs> and I feel like that a lot I'm like why do people tell me things it's like, happened to me once like it's, funny, it's happened it? a few it's times where people thing. just like open up as well yeah. I think like having a podcast as well yeah I think you just you, you I think you're a better listener sometimes I find like I think I mean I don't think my girlfriend would say that but like <laughs> I feel like around other people like I think yeah, just having a podcast. Like, I, f I find as well, like when I'm interviewing someone, not everyone, but most people, it's like you're opening doors and you're trying to see what opens them up as well yeah. to find that common ground. Because I've had, I've had, I remember one interview and it was so difficult. And I'm not going to say who it is, but like, I was asking all these questions and done so much research. <laughs> And like, I run out of notes like 20 minutes in and I'm like, oh my God, like this yeah. is an hour podcast. Like, I've been there. how am I going to stretch this out? And then I just got onto one thing and then she opened up and, and then she kind of eased in. But like, sometimes it's really difficult. I do that every podcast. I'm like, how am I going to talk to this person for an hour? <laughs> Every time, every guest I've had on, I've done like 90 an hour. Yeah, like over 90. That's amazing. And I think like every time, like, there's no way I can speak for an hour. Yeah. But then you end up do, like, or you run out of questions. But I feel, I don't know how you feel, but like, I used to do like write 
preset questions, but I don't do that anymore. No, I just I do research. Yeah. And now I don't anymore. You changed I, from that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I prefer to just kind of like feel in the moment and like ask questions that kind of feel relevant and let it kind of flow. Because I think also it's nice to listen to as a listener when it's more like a conversation yeah. rather than like a regimented. And also... And I knew this podcast was going to be so conversational. <laughs> so. <laughs> I talk for England, I really yeah. do. Um, but I think also like if you're interviewing someone and you just ask a question that's not relevant, it looks like you're not listening. Mm. But if you talk to someone and, and you actually take what they're saying and you, you ask a question from mm. what they've said I think it seems a lot more genuine you're more engaged as well because I find yeah. that when I was like previously like had these preset questions I'd be like looking at my phone and I'm looking down and then you're not really engaged with what they're saying whereas now like, I've got like bullet points and I'm like oh like we've not spoke about this so we can like get into that yeah yeah we, you kind of spoke about when you set up an Instagram page did it grow quite fast then as soon as you became like doing like radio? Yeah. So I started my Instagram page when I was at Virgin, which was like on camera stuff. So before I got into radio and I just was watching what was happening in kind of the industry and people working and Instagram was growing massively and people were working because they were working on Instagram. So I was like, this is a game and I need to mm. play this game. I need to play this social media game. So I started growing my Instagram tenfold. I was just like posting every single day. I was posting stories. I was engaging with people. I mean, people were getting like apps to do it for them. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to just like comment on people's and just building rapport with people. Yeah. Um, and was in these influencer groups and just trying really, really hard. And yeah, I think in my industry, definitely. I mean, I've been at jobs and they're like, uh, so how old are you? Uh, what's your name? Um, where are you from? How many Instagram followers have you got? Oh, really? That's what they want to know. It's, it's free advertising. It's kind of like your portfolio in some ways as well yeah. and it if used to be a lot like, different yeah. it used to be more like um posting pictures in free clothes that i was getting and stuff yeah. now it's a lot more like lifestyle a lot more presenting like I, I want you to be able to now like go into my instagram and see who sophie is mm. obviously that is like a small snapshot of my life like it doesn't give you the yesterday i was driving to a job and i was stuck in traffic side so of panic attack like that doesn't give you like the real sophie but it gives mm. you like I, I want my Instagram to come across like really warm and I want people to think that they can message me and build yeah. a relationship with me, not like standoffish and I'm too cool for this because I'm the least cool person no. going. I was going to post a picture. I've just started the channel. Have you seen that? On oh my God, what are all these notifications that are coming so up? This Dan? is like, like a new thing now where it's like, it's kind of like a DM, but with all your followers so they can follow your channel. Whoa. So I did one today. I have got your notification and actually. I was like, oh, did you? Yeah, yeah I did. It you came up. It. <laughs> and um, yeah, you can just be like, hey, this is like behind the scenes. So like we, afterwards we could do like a quick Instagram story and be like, we've just finished the podcast. So and it's like, just for the broadcast channel. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. So they get like, they feel like they're on this kind of like journey with you. So, so it's kind like of like DMs. It, it's kind of based <laughs> on like, have you heard of like, I think it's called Telegraph or Telegram. Telegram. Telegram? Yeah. Is that an app? It's like WhatsApp for yeah. Europe. It's basically like that, but for Instagram. Oh, okay. Well, I think it's quite cool. I think it's quite good. You can do like cheeky giveaways. Or, There's always yeah. something, isn't there? There's always something like to keep up non-stop with. non-stop though, isn't it? It's just like, didn't Instagram bring out the new um, like Twitter thing the other day? Oh. Threads. Threads. 
Yeah, that's like another thing. Like, yeah, I, apparently I, it's not actually like climbing as much as Twitter did. No. Our um, digital content creator at our work, she was like, oh, "Don't do you, do you use it? I've, I've got threads, and I'm just enjoying bothered. watching like the big dogs, like Aldi, uh, Channel Four, are brilliant on there. Um, Duolingo, really like rogue on there. Just enjoying watching oh, really? all their stuff. Yeah, like being really random, yeah. but really brilliant. Like you, clearly very good social media. Do you find like there's like a pressure then with like social media to like constantly be like posting and like. I feel like TikTok's like every day, like Instagram, I don't post on it every day because I feel like I'd just be getting on people's tips. Yeah. Know. Maybe not, I don't know. No, it's funny, isn't it? When I started doing my Instagram, it was always about likes and making sure I looked like a certain way and stuff and it didn't make me happy. And now like I hide my likes. I don't care if I get 10 or a thousand likes and no one knows how many likes I get. And it's just me a lot of the time with my fiance, Ben, a lot of the mm. time me just doing what I do at work. Um, and I really couldn't care less. But at the beginning, it became like all encompassing and it was too much. I feel like that now sometimes. I feel like if I do like, for example, if I do a podcast clip with it, which isn't potentially maybe algae related, I mean, it's a different topic because now the podcast, it's like different topics and stuff. That isn't going to engage with everyone. So they, mm. these clips might just absolutely flop and get like 40 likes. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, but it's a really good podcast and it was a really yeah. good clip. Uh, but then I, I don't take it. Yeah, I do take it personally. I'm like, why? Like, it's just an algorithm. I spent so ages like doing oh, this, no. but then like it, it isn't, you can't take it personally. It's just, it's just the algorithm. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not people not liking the podcast because you can see that people listen to the podcast, but then. The stuff that goes viral yeah. is mental. Like it's you like, just can't, you can never it's know it, just yeah. random. Like yeah. I think the the worst thing you could do is beat yourself up about something not going viral or getting loads well, of I likes. I feel like this all, I feel like I feel more pressure now. I just think, I think cause like when you want, when you want something to do really well and I was like speaking to my girlfriend about this, I was like, I really want the podcast to be successful. But there's only like 2% of podcasts which really hit like mainstream or do super, super well. And it might never get to the level I want it to be, but I feel like I'm trying everything I can, like by posting it, all the clips and all everything else that goes behind the scenes. But but do you I enjoy think, it? Does it make I you love happy? it. Yeah, that's what she said. That's what's yeah, important. that's what she said. She went like, "You obviously love it. Stop worrying about the other stuff." Yeah. And maybe that stuff will come. Maybe it, you'll never get to that point. But like, as long as you love doing it, yeah. like. So, it's yeah. all about the journey, not the destination, yeah. which is uh, so cheesy. But it's true because you could just then just spend your life just chasing something mm. that, yeah, I believe in like, you know, manifesting and putting things out and, and being positive and hoping for things to happen and working hard. But if you're just constantly chasing, mm. how are you ever going to be happy, happy right? Yeah. You've got to like enjoy what you're doing in the This constant process. cycle, yeah. Because yeah. like, um, have you heard of Mo Gada? He talks about happiness, oh, like yeah. the equation behind like happiness and stuff. And he talks about like reflecting on like um, like writing a list of stuff which like makes you happy and reflecting that, and then getting out that like that chain of like negative mm. emotion. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, yeah, I find I'm not happiest when I'm at home with my fiance and my cat, or I'm happiest in front of a microphone. Yeah, and you know I have dreams and aspirations, and I'm so hungry to do well, but. 
I'm not going to let it define me mm. and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and I'm going to keep striving forward and pushing myself, but I'm not going to be like, that's happy. You're not good enough here mm. because I've like learned to be like, you're doing really well in what you're doing. You should be proud of yourself for where you are. Look how many amazing things are still to come, but look at all these incredible things you've done already. And also like, look how far you've come. And I've, I've it's really hard, but I've kind of learned to put myself in that position because otherwise like you just constantly, I guess not living in the present either. Yeah, because I think like you, you compare, don't you? Because you always there's always going to be one person who's bigger than you in the gym or, oh, or forever. Yeah, a better looking person. I, mean, I don't know what it is like people like, but like, a there's more always successful gonna be one. Yeah, presenter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but constantly like, chasing it. Yeah. That's their life, and you're living your life. And yeah. you know, you might look back. I mean, it's always a thing, isn't it? Where you like you look back and you wish, oh, I wish I'd enjoyed that moment. I remember when I got my first presenting job at Virgin and um I like I earned like a really normal salary it wasn't like anything crazy at all and I didn't spend any money I didn't enjoy my money because I was so frightened that I was going to lose this money and then when I did lose the money and we all got made redundant moved back in with my parents I was like I had no idea that I actually had a little bit of cash spare. So then I said to myself, when I get my next job and I'm earning money again, I'm going to enjoy it. And, mm. and now I, I'm better at like enjoying it. Because otherwise you just look back and be like, oh, why didn't I do that thing when I had that? You know, yeah. you might lose people in your life. Like you might not have your parents and you might be like, oh, why didn't I enjoy that rather than like striving forward? Yeah, and life experiences are, are so much more important than like the amount of money you've got. In, in oh, yeah. Because like you can save them for the rest of life, but if you've got nothing to like show like, in terms yeah. of like, experiences, then it's just like... Exactly. A like, like a lost cause then in, in that yeah. way. Yeah, I know you spoke about, you know, when we had the phone call, when you set up your social media and you was getting like sent free stuff... I was really surprised, like, the kind of reaction to, like, the people around you at the time, mate. Yeah, it's funny. So we were all kind of working together and um, there was a lot of us and it was like a pressure cooker in this environment when we were working. And I was... I was kind of trying to grow my Instagram and I was getting sent free stuff. I was collaborating with brands that I saw at first. And at that time they were sponsoring Love Island. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is amazing. And the reaction I got wasn't a pleasant one. And I think... It's such a competitive industry, the industry that I'm in. It's so competitive and it is, there's so much, um, everybody wants to be the best and I, I'm not really like that. I'm just kind of on my own journey and I, I really didn't understand why people weren't happy for me, I guess. I remember getting like sent some stuff and I was like, oh wow, I got this sports bra sent to me. And this person was like, oh, from your fans? <laughs> and I was like, um, no, <laughs> no. Like, so it's just interesting, but like they're, for me like in the past and that's like gone and I lost friends because of it but were they true friends if they were so yeah. bothered about like not being able to differentiate me Sophie this like northern bubbly silly very down-to-earth person to this like Instagram where I was striving and trying to do something and trying mm. to build a business essentially yeah. and they couldn't differentiate so then it didn't work but all my friends that I've had since I was you know younger like my best friends they're they, still my best from friends like, um, from the north high school yeah, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. apart from yeah. the girl that you met today I know, so, yeah. so side note behind the curtain me and Dan um, went for a drink before the podcast and uh, we were with my lovely best friend Laura and you met her and she's yeah. also celiac yeah. um, which is why I'm here um, so yeah she's one of my best friends then my couple of best friends up north or three other girls and like they just know me for me and they know me as the person that is like 
really daft and yeah, yeah. not this like Instagram influencer because yeah it's mad in it I remember there's a girl in my one of my jobs and she was like an Instagram influencer kind of thing and um it's like two different people like yeah yeah you wouldn't if you see the pictures and then she walked past you you wouldn't know it was her it's just like, an online yeah. persona isn't it it's crazy it's just like, a business yeah, yeah. but I think it's just more it was more to do with um I think sometimes some of these influencers like the they've came from money, so they portray mm. a lifestyle, but it's not their money. It's like like family money. Parents so. money, family money. I so think oh. it's, it's different because like you're actually you're not actually thriving to like help people. Or you're not having like a purpose out there. Like you could be like helping people with the amount of followers, but it's more like oh look how nice looking my bikini or look at this really fancy holiday I've been on, and it's just like doesn't make people feel be, good. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, you could actually be using that platform. Anyway, I'm, I'm going. No, I agree. Yeah. And actually in lockdown, um, I was still getting sent all these clothes and I was taking pictures in these clothes and I had no job. I was living with my parents and I was so sad. And I archived my Instagram because it felt so contrived that I was like, oh, look at me drinking wine in this really nice jumpsuit. Oh, but actually I'm like crying at night because I have a job mm. and I'm living with my parents at 24 and I, and I had a amazing house and everything, my fiance, but I lost it all because this industry is so fickle. And as soon as they don't want you anymore, they don't want you anymore. And then, yeah. then it's gone. Um, but then when I started working again and I felt like what I was portraying was real, then I brought my Instagram back. Yeah. So it is funny. And, and I also followed all the people that didn't make me feel good. Yeah. Because it's your echo chamber, it's your Instagram, it's your Because you see it every day and you're feed. like scrolling through. Like, I think only I've follow like the, people. the people. Yeah, only like. follow the people that make you feel good. And yeah. if you don't want to offend someone, just mute them. You don't have to unfollow them because that, I think that's quite harsh. So yeah. you can just mute them and they'd never know. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it, it's on your phone. It's so in your face and it's going to be there for you to see every day. Follow the people that make you feel good. And if they don't make you feel good. Yeah, just swipe past just it. Yeah, gone. Mute. Yeah, yeah. I was, was going to ask, it'd be great, obviously, to kind of talk about obviously being celiac because a lot of the guests I've had on, they found out later on in life, but you found out when you was two. I was two. That's mad. Yeah. So my mom thought I was quite ill. I had a really big tummy and really skinny arms. And she was like, why does my child look weird? No, like she couldn't work out what was wrong with me. Yeah. And I had loads of tests and apparently it was either cystic fibrosis or celiac. Um, and my mom was so obviously, and my dad was so like distraught. They didn't know what was wrong with me. And then they got the celiac diagnosis and it was probably a bit, bit of a breath of fresh air for them because they were like, oh, wow I know what it is but the first time my mum went shopping to buy gluten-free food in yeah. the 90s she said she came back with a bottle of bleach and a chicken like she had absolutely no idea what to feed she me she didn't know what to get yeah. yeah and I think it's come on so far but it does mean because I was diagnosed with two that I've never known any different so mm. when people are like I don't know if you find this right having an allergy of course when people are like um Oh, like, no, it's fine. Don't worry that you've got an allergy. Like, is it different though? Is, is your bread weird? Oh, but Pete, you can get gluten for pizza now, like isn't it? But it's never going to be the same. And you're like, oh, right. Like, I think for me, it was always like, they feel like you could just like never eat chocolate. I was like, no, I have chocolate all the time. Yeah, There's loads of chocolate, which is like not free. Exactly. Yeah, they're like, oh, you've never had this. Where do you eat out? Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, I eat out, but just like no Indians or Chinese. I'm just like, careful because yeah. I know. Um, but it, it is funny. But yeah, because I've had it since I was two. Mm. I've never known any different. So it is literally my life, but did, I hide away from it. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. Did you, did you feel like embarrassed then to kind of speak up about it? For example, if you're like in a restaurant. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, really? When I've 
really vivid memories from being quite young and everyone around me at a birthday party has got like pizza and hot dogs and all this fun food and I had a jacket potato cheese and beans <laughs> or we'd have like a Christmas party at primary school and everyone yeah. had this amazing Christmas food and I'd have my own plate with cling film on it and I didn't understand why and now even as an adult I'm like I don't I think what it has done it is made me in that sense not want to be different mm. because for so long I stood out of my allergy like I really hated it and still do like I I think it's really amazing that you're empowering people on this podcast about their allergy Um, it's something I definitely still struggle with like I can't lie to you that I, I hide away from it if I can oh, really? and it's a side of my personality that is very shy very introverted because you wouldn't think that as well like you being like a radio presenter and being like quite confident and yeah. quite out there then obviously when you get into a restaurant environment where you've got to bring it up, you're a bit like, oh. Even yeah. like I did a shoot the other day and one of the games on the shoot was a pasta game. You had to pick a pasta with a straw. And I read this script and I was like, oh God, I can't do this. I've got this really bad allergy to gluten. I'm celiac. I can't have pasta in my mouth. What if the straw, massive panic, loads of tears, yeah. didn't know what to do. And, and Ben, my fiance was like, you know, you, you can tell them like you are worth it. You're, you're worthy. And yeah. I was like, yeah, you're right, I can. And the producer was so lovely and so supportive, but I just really struggle. And even like going and doing jobs and, and when they're like, only oh, order food, I'm like, ah. The, the job I do at the moment, and I present for Gala, mm. Gala Bingo. And whenever we get food, we get Pokeball. Great, Pokeball's amazing. Always says gluten-free, amazing. The fear I would have if they were like, we're changing what we're having. In fact, the other mm. day they brought in those sandwiches and crisps. And I was just like, oh, and I just like stood in. They were like, help, help yourself. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I'm just going to stand here. I would never be like, oh, I can't eat this. I used to feel like that at work because like one of my previous jobs, like we used to like get lunch like every Friday, like into the office. And um, obviously with me having a nut allergy, everyone just got like, I mean, I can only eat like Nando's or like Byron Burger. Yeah. We get to the point where people just get bored of eating it and they're like trying to swap it. And I'm like, oh. No, but in the end, like, yeah, I was always quite vocal about it. They always like, oh, well, you, you you order something else. And then like, because obviously like people just get bored of eating the same stuff. Yeah. But when you've got an allergy, like I can't just like risk can't get bored. eating at like new restaurants all the no. time. Like, yeah. yeah, I just don't say anything, which is really terrible. Yeah. And I need to be more confident in that sense because, but it's really great. So I've um, met my new best friend. She's she's called Laura. I say new best friend, not of two years. And um, she's amazing. And because she's celiac as well, you met her last tonight yeah. when we went for a drink. I feel less shy and more confident yeah. so when we go out i'm happy she's quite to be confident like, when yeah she seems quite confident yeah. yeah i mean she says she's celiac and when they say do you have any allergies i'm like oh new yeah <laughs> don't know it just fills me with dread and i think probably i need to get probably therapy about it to why it makes me feel like that but it definitely stems from like being at parties and everyone has it's probably because you've got it so young as well, so you know what I mean? Like, like you've like so different. Grown up. I've always been quite confident in me. I'm, I'm quite That's like... That's great. Because otherwise it'll kill me. I'm like really straight to a point. Yeah. And there's one time where I went um, into one restaurant and basically they gave me an allergy menu, but I thought I'd just check on my phone, just like cross-check it. For whatever reason, this doesn't really happen. I cross-checked it because it was like different styles or whatever. And it had make and tame, but it didn't say it on the menu. <gasps> So when I went over, I said to the woman, I was like, look, it's got make and tame peanuts, but it's not on the actual allergy menu. Oh. And she was like, oh, it's only traces. And I actually like saw red. And I was like, you could have killed me. Like, no, like traces is like so bad. Like yeah. that can like kill me. Yeah. 
And then I was like, oh, what's BT manager? Yeah. <laughs> so then towards to the manager and he like settled it and stuff. But it's mad. Some people just yeah. don't quite get it. I've but had rows of people But if you work in a restaurant, you, sh- you need to know like the yeah. severities of it. Yeah. People don't know. And I've definitely had the same thing where I've been like, I mean, I was actually at a restaurant last night and I was looking at a menu of a different restaurant walking along. And it said low gluten. What on earth is low gluten? <laughs> like, what is that? Like, how can something contain low gluten? And when people are like, oh, you can have sourdough. There's it might give you a dicky stomach. It. it might You're not. You're like, like yeah. oh my God, you don't understand. Like, it's such a, such a severe allergy. And, you know, myself, I still don't really understand, like, celiac, when they're like, mm. is it an allergy or the intolerance? I say allergy because it's so severe. Yeah. But then people say it's like a gluten intolerance. Have I you mean, had an experience where you've accidentally eaten, like, gluten? So yeah. many times. Like, definitely and not. And is it like bloating and just yeah is it pain pain really yeah. painful really like foggy so i can't really think people have said that before tired yeah. because it's your immune system so celiac is an autoimmune disease so it isn't just like an allergy yeah so so people think oh you just, just can't eat cake and bread yeah. and it's like well, i've got an autoimmune disease you know when it was covid i was high risk yeah. because of being you know, having this autoimmune disease. And and the fact that when you eat it, it affects your whole body. So like it messes with your head, my skin breaks out like mad, my stomach blows up, sometimes I throw up, sometimes I'm like on the toilet for ages. Like it really does depend. So but you know straight away kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, I can feel it. And then, then I get the worst anxiety. I mean, the anxiety of eating anywhere different, especially when like, because I was self-employed for so many years, I was always with different people doing different jobs. Yeah. And as soon as they're like, we provide lunch, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> No. And then, yeah, and then you're like, oh, what do I do? And then I don't say anything because I'm stupid. And like, sure, I just get really shy. And then they provide lunch like they did the other day on a shoot. And I was like, I'm just going to cry in the corner. Yeah. But I, I should say it's my own fault. It's something I need to overcome for yeah, sure. Yeah, when I do shoots now, I used to just like bring my, my pack lunches. Yeah, I do that. Just like more humble bring my own food. And everyone's like, you sure you don't want like, this nice movie food like, or whatever? I'm like, no, no don't want to risk it because like is that anxiety do you think that anxiety trickles over to like your everyday life maybe no yeah no i think it does anything to do with food anything to do with food so even like so i've been with my fiance for five and a half years now and if i we was got gonna to ask like how fa- you guys met because i saw the engagement video it was incredible <laughs> it was, yeah it was like something out of a movie wasn't it i'm very lucky he is very lovely um but i met him presenting for virgin his ex was also gluten-free so smooth right because he knew exactly <laughs> transition quite quite easy then, he yeah. knew exactly what i could and couldn't eat which is great and he's so supportive but even if we got to like family parties now like his family are really great but i'm always like can you just go into the kitchen or can you just double check i would never Dad, i would like never that, go yeah. into the kitchen myself and be like has that got gluten in can i eat that and when they're like this is a separate plate for you i'm like oh i oh, know like, i always I go in that kitchen i was like where's the packaging like even like my girlfriend's family like say so we do like a Sunday roast on a Sunday and like they might do couscous or they might do like different rice and I'm always like oh can I see the packaging and she's like Dan I've checked it I was like no I just need to you see you need it. to check I it I need to see it because then it releases like my anxiety goes like down then yeah, yeah. I get the anxiety though of bringing it up yeah. I don't like being difficult. I don't like being a problem. And I know it's not a problem and it's not difficult because it's an allergy and I literally can't help it. It's an autoimmune disease. Yeah, yeah. I just it just fills me with so much dread. And even like, oh, the thought of going in somewhere and being like, sorry, can I just check? A restaurant's quite oh, good. Scary. Do, are they like more in the standard now? Yeah, on the whole, I think people are definitely better than when I was younger. I've had experiences there when they've been like, yeah, it's gluten-free. I think I was somewhere the other day and I was like, is this gluten-free? They're like, yes. 
oh yeah so I went for a roast dinner and I was like is this gluten free yes you just can't have the Yorkshire pudding great yeah. so I roasted out the Yorkshire pudding is the gravy gluten free yes fine went away came back brought it with the Yorkshire pudding I was like excuse me it's got Yorkshire pudding on it you're gonna have to change the whole plate because I've got a yeah, severe yeah. allergy and they were like okay took it away brought it back and then I was like, mm, cauliflower cheese, maybe bechamel sauce, maybe flour. I was like, excuse me, is this? Oh, sorry. And I'm like, dude. Back like, and forth. He's trying to kill me. Like, and yeah. then like my parents and they're eating this lovely roast and I've got to sit there and wait while they make me yeah. a brand new roast dinner and fills me with dread. If yeah. I was, I'd really just love to eat around the cauliflower cheese. That's really terrible. To, obviously you got diagnosed at like two. Do you have to do like tests later on in life to still see how severe it is? So no. I had like checkups at the hospital for a good few years. I think till I was 16, then they signed me off. But I was actually um, watching Morgan's stories. Amazing. You interviewed Oh yeah, her, she's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Like such a champion for being celiac. Um, and she was kind of fighting with the GP about getting regular celiac checkups. Mm. I'm going to do the same because I haven't had a checkup since I was 16. My insides, God knows. Like sometimes I'm like, would they have to do like another te okay? test where they like take a bit? Don't know. No. Maybe like, I just think what they used to do when I was younger is used to fill my stomach, weigh me. That was it. That was it. Yes. I'm very thorough. When I had an allergy, it was just like blood test when I was a kid. I had one. See, I need to go for another allergy test because I've not had one since I was like 18. Are you supposed to do like reoccurring ones? Well, they say like, if you still got a severe allergy at 18, you're going to have it for the rest of your life. Well, yeah. And that's what I think with celiac. Like, so I've not... All that stuff. Yeah. I don't know what would happen if I went for a test now. I think probably they'd still say I was celiac, but yeah. but who knows if it changes when you get older. Like I say, I don't know enough about it because I shy away from it, which I shouldn't do. Off this podcast, you're going to be like... I'm going to be more of a be champion there, yeah. for it. Um, but yeah, it just fills me with dread. I want to ask about like... You know, like your kind of like mental health and stuff, you know, during like lockdown. Is that something you kind of experienced at any point in life? Yeah, I think I definitely suffered with really bad anxiety when I first started my job at Virgin because mm. I was like thrust into being on camera, being really made up, beautiful dresses, hair done, makeup done. Like, Did they do all that life. as well? Yeah. yeah they gave us my, uh, our makeup and they gave us our dresses. Um, and I was like thrust into this like limelight where everyone was really picking you apart, completely picking you apart, the way you look, the way you sounded, everything. I'd never really had that before because I come in from a bad way a support... though. Would you say because yeah, like yeah, which, yeah. people would be it like, wasn't, oh, yeah. you've got legs like kebabs. What, what does it even mean? What? But when you're young, that's really impressionable. Yeah. Um. So then I had a like a big like mental health. That's awful. Situation, it, yeah. yeah. I was signed off work with stress. I had CBT um, because I would be on camera. I'd forget how to breathe. I would hit myself in the face to try and get myself on camera, presenting for Virgin. Yeah. I'd then get severe like vertigo and almost like fall off the sofa because I think I was going to fall. My head was so, there was something not right. Um and I had CBT. And that's because of like the way people kind of like treated yeah. you and like what they were saying. Like, yeah. And know. also being around like people that just always wanted to be skinnier and, and, and nose jobs and lips. And, and yeah. I was just like, I'm from like a tiny little village up north. <laughs> I'm not really yeah. in this world. And I just found it really, and social media as well. So it's like, like day and night compared to. Yeah. And the messages I was getting on social yeah. media and like being like really sent 
awful pictures and it was just like a whole new world and I was thrust into it too quickly I think um but so now I've like, like come 24 to learn. when you it's 22 when I started which so, is yeah, quite young, young really yeah. um and then then it hasn't really come back um but I think the anxiety that I get from having celiac disease is is something that I'm probably need to work on personally mm. because it just makes me feel so scared scared is the word to just kind of start that conversation you know? yeah 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 my anxiety is like awful at the minute i had fish and mm. chips the other day i had like a full-on panic attack because i thought i was having an allergic reaction oh it's so hard so it's just like constantly like battling with them thoughts and be like is it allergic reaction is it not because when i get nervous anyway i get a red rash on my neck so then it makes it even like harder then to like distinguish <sighs> Yeah. Is it reaction? Is it not? So No, it's funny and I like is it definitely gluten free? Eat mm. it. Oh my t- tummy feels weird. Oh no. And then anxiety. It's like, no, you've got to trust it. But how can you trust people when yeah. in restaurant situations and food situations they always let you down? I mean, there are some amazing restaurants out there that that you eat at and you feel like totally safe, but and then you pull like a wild card and you see it online and they're like, Yeah, it's fine, and then you go and it's not, and you're like Mm. I went to an amazing um, fish and chip restaurant last night that was like fully gluten free and I could eat everything oh and I had my first ever Spotty scotch side. egg oh and I was god. like oh my god scotch I egg I love a scotch egg um, yeah. never had one yeah. last night scotch egg and unreal <laughs> felt so comfortable gluten free beer like it makes all the difference um, and I think actually as well having support of people around you that understand mm. wh- what is so nice for me now is one of my best friends her fiance's dad is gluten free so I just feel so comfortable being there because she understands Yeah, but I still have people that are like can you have cheese (laughs) yeah can you have potatoes (laughs) you can have sourdough can't you but it's low gluten what does that mean what's next for then sophie on your journey obviously from broadcasting what's your kind of next goals in mind like Family i saw you painting the kitchen cupboard oh my god so many people give me so much shit for that like oh, really? i just decided <laughs> i one think it's because you did half the job <laughs> you come back and then like you when you like turn the camera over like somebody was like white and someone was like still like wood. Literally made a video out of it because he was like, "You're painting half the kitchen," and I was like, yeah. "I couldn't get the little knobs off." But instead, Dan, I just painted round them, um, right. and I didn't take the cupboards off when I painted them. Yeah. That's just very me. I'm very slapdash, and I just yeah. do stuff. Um, but yeah, just Impulsive. continuing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, very. Just continuing like being happy and spending lots of time with my friends and enjoying and feeling so bloody lucky to do what I do as a career every yeah. single day. That is that is my future. Just it keeping, sounds like such a good career. I I'm love kind it. of uh, I do it at my own time. <laughs> I just love it. I feel very, very lucky. And just, it's mad. Yeah. I, I always find like the people like you speak to, like you learn so much as well, and it opens up your eyes. To, like because I speak to so many different people from all sorts of backgrounds, and it's such an eye opener. And like you feel like you come away, and like you must get that as well. Like speaking to some yeah, different people, definitely. Like when I interview people and they and they say things, I'm like, oh gosh, you're so right, and I should be like, should do that, and I should take that on board. And something I'm going to take away from this definitely is is shying away less about my allergy and being yeah. more confident and empowering owning it and kind of empowering myself with it because I think that's really important to also pave the way for people because if I you know doing what I do shy away from it how is somebody who who maybe looks watches my Instagram or looks up to people who do this podcast how are they going to feel if they're like well Sophie doesn't talk about it so Sophie Sophie's going to talk about it and when there's a next situation where that happens I'm going to be like I'm gluten free. I'm celiac. Can we can we make way for the celiac? Yeah, I'll be waiting for that content where you're just oh, like, God. it's me. 
if, if anyone wants to kind of follow your journey, um, would you like to share that on the podcast? Yeah, so my Instagram is at Self Montague. I'm very active on there, very vocal. Um, and my TikTok is at Self Montague as well. And I'm trying to be better on TikTok. God, yeah. it's hard. Oh, I mean, you've got 2 million views. You're not doing bad. So. I know, yeah. I'm one of my yeah. videos. Yeah, crazy. But I'm trying to be better on Instagram, uh, on TikTok, just doing stuff. But definitely my Instagram, if you want to follow me, then uh, come and say hello. Always slide into my DMs. And I'm always posting gluten-free finds on Celiacs Eat Out 2 on Facebook. Yeah. And Chinese, there's a group for like, because you can't get any good gluten-free Chinese food. Oh, this is but there great, is a couple yeah. and I have posted them on this like Chinese, like Chinese restaurants, <laughs> gluten-free. But it's really good. It, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast and actually finally meet in person as well. So I yeah, know. it's been great to have you on to kind of share your story. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you so pleasure. much. Right. Thank Bye -bye. you. <laughs>